0: In between, Welcome back to High Fantasy, where as always we were talking about writing, the things that piss us off about writing, and the things that piss us off about writing in general. Uh, we are here to talk about the business side of writing today on episode what I believe is 19, and not as always, we have a new co-host, Tyler. Who is filling in for Director Alex? So Tyler, Hello there. tell us how you're do. Tell us how you're doing. What you like to do. Who you are. All that good stuff.
1: All right, quick introduction. Uh, I'm a nuclear engineer in the military. I'm in the Navy and uh, found fi- or found high fantasy by just looking for other people who are interested in writing and the different subjects around writing. Um, I write it on the side. of The longest thing I've ever written is about 150 pages, which is what I'm working on right now. And beside beyond that, I've just done a little bit of co-writing and. D&D and role play and video games and every other type of medium that uh, involves storytelling. So that's how I got into it.
0: Cool. All right. So as always, we will start with our progression. Colin, what don't have you done me. in the last month because we missed an episode?
2: So I consistently told myself, write something so I don't get shamed.
0: I cannot hear you, buddy.
2: I consistently told myself, write something so I don't get shamed. And I didn't write anything. I cannot hear you at all. Can you, you can't hear, hear him. him? I, I
1: can hear him. Yeah, he's coming through just fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. Now I hear him on yours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so I consistently told myself to write something so I don't get shamed, and I didn't write anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're shamed. Yep, a whole month, nothing.
0: Uh, between my various writing projects. Um reservations at eight and andromeda's love i've done about probably about three thousand words i guess which isn't too bad um i'm getting close to finishing a pivotal pivotal chapter in andromeda's love which is nice it's also weird d- doing that with the co-writer because i've never actually co-written before so
1: it's a lot of fun i enjoy it a lot it's Are a good motivator done co-writing what is it like
0: well, well, how we're doing it is... So, there's four main characters in Andromeda's Love. Oh, right, Golden and, Girls in Space? Right. Golden Girls in Space. <laughs> and so, what we did is we, we decided that there were going to be four different types of characters. The captain, the engineer, the soldier, and the pilot. And I we literally rolled a D4 to see who got which two characters. <laughs> and we just like built them... We built them up. So we, we did our own character development away from each other, then brought it together. And we're like, okay, these are the characters. Let's write. And so we, we, we've mapped out at least the first like 10, 12 chapters of the novel. And so we're, we're each taking turns on different chapters. We're not like writing in like, it's not like Jeremy, who's been on the podcast. It's like, it's not like you're chapter one. I'm chapter two. He's like, he's done chapter one, chapter two. I'm working on like chapter five right now. And so we're, we're just kind of going from there.
1: My co-writings worked a little differently. Uh, whether it be, usually it's just a, uh, someone locks into a perspective of a certain character and you write until that character's perspective is kind of seen through, kind of like if you're taking turns in role-playing. And usually it's about five to six paragraphs of writing, and you swap perspectives. And the person overlaps with your timeline. And each of you keeps adding a little bit more to the timeline. So you spent, basically the format is react to what they said with your character, present something new and develop, and then you present something for them to react to. And you bounce back and forth like that. It's a great writing so technique have- and practice.
2: You're not yeah. writing scenes, you're writing characters
1: exactly. It's all entirely character driven oh. and character focused, it's all third person limited to your perspective. You actually aren't allowed to control their characters, so usually the are is set up unless it's an yeah. extreme okay. situation. So it's fun because yeah, it, it puts you do, into, straight into their seat.
0: We're doing it differently, where like I'll actually put in my writing, like uh you know, captain Persola says something about so-and-so and because the captain is his character, he'll come back in and actually fill in the dialogue. Okay. Like he okay. knows the direction for the dialogue, but it's not exactly what we,
2: you know, apps create so. unique voices though.
0: Right. It's, it's kind of like playing with someone else's toys.
1: <laughs> that is what's fun about it, but you can only play with them so much because it is still theirs.
0: <laughs> right, so getting into the episode, uh, one thing that is not talked enough about in writing because we all know about writing and how to write and all those other things, but we're going to talk about the business of writing, what it means to run your own company because that would, that's what you are when you are a writer and you're making money is your own, you are your own CEO essentially, um, and I'm sort of the guest on this episode
2: <laughs> you have a feature presentation
0: right uh so a little bit about me um uh, i my undergrad is in finance my masters is in financial services even though i don't do that for a living i do have that education um i also was the financial manager of her company for 5 years along with doing cons- some consulting But before we get into anything about this, I need to throw out the disclaimer that state laws are different. Things change every day on the federal level. So this might be a good primer, but, you know, look at your state, look at your federal government, go to a good CPA that you don't know because, you know, people are terrible. So, uh, yeah, just don't, don't real. Yeah. This is a good primer, but this is not end all be all of your education on what it means to run a business. Do not sue us. Uh, This is just information for you in general perspective. We, I cannot stress this enough. Every state is different. The federal government changes every day. You cannot sue me for what I'm about to tell you, but I do have a good grasp on what's going on in these matters.
1: So I think, yeah, so we're going to be covering things that are more of General guidelines, principles, things that you didn't quite know that you needed to think about, but things that are important to consider. Thought about
0: thinking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, things that you probably didn't know existed. Honestly, is you're thinking, I write a book and I go to a publisher and they take care of everything. Well, your rights also matter, and you need to know them. And like you're saying, but a lot of
0: times they deal with you as though you're an entity, uh, uh, an independent writing entity, instead of just a person. Yeah, right. You're not (laughs) just a a person. You are a business. You're a subcontracted
2: business providing
1: a product. So absolutely. Do your research, know your rights for your state, but consider these things before you get into writing.
0: Well, yes, exactly. So those are disclaimers. So we're going to get into this. So the biggest thing that you will run into as a writer and as someone who is making money from a not – quote-unquote normal job, a W-2 job, is taxes. So if you're making money from another institution or just independent kind of money, you do have to file taxes every three months. That's probably the first thing you have to
2: know.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. I already learned something new. Quarterly
2: taxes are... A big deal for a lot of people.
0: Yes, uh, I I used to consult for a living, and I used to, have to file taxes every three months and send money to the government, or they would tax, me. they would tax me extra. The other, th- another big thing that most people don't understand is they don't, they never look at their paycheck. They don't understand like FICA, they don't understand Medicare, all that stuff. So when you, when you work for a big company, say you work for Walmart, um, they pay (laughs) 7.2% of your payroll taxes. That's something when you work on your own, you have to pay all of. So you say, say, say you get a book deal for a hundred thousand dollars, right? Uh, 14.4% of that is going to the government for payroll taxes straight off the top before you do anything. And that 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 will cover your your FICA, all that stuff, but still 14.2% right there. That's before your income taxes. So on the 100,000 if you're an independent contractor, which you are when you're a writer, you're going to pay about 30 to 40% Of that big number, that nice $100,000 number in taxes. So before you quit your job, look at the (laughs) taxes.
1: Yeah, something a lot of businesses, you know, they do cover and they hide some of the expenses. They take care of things. They have deals. It's kind of like how when you buy things with a credit card, companies that want to offer the service to allow you to use a credit card to purchase things end up fronting a lot of the the fees associated with allowing you to use a credit card, which gets transferred to you as a customer. But like you said, once you're removed from the business aspect of it, you have to be paying that all yourself. You're paying the fees as well as the stuff that you're used to paying.
0: Right. When I – because I, I used to own part of a consulting company. And I own 10%. And we never made a lot of money. Like the most we ever grossed before taxes like 400000 between like four people. Not a lot of money. I was paying 40% taxes. $400,000 a
2: person. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Well, that was- be- yeah, like <laughs> No, we were grossing. That was a lot of money. That was before- Before. You know, uh, expenses and stuff. My salary was 42000 I was paying 40% taxes.
2: Stuff what I make. Oh boy!
0: <laughs> but still, you are, you're not paying forty percent. No, your I'm income. not
2: paying forty two percent. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with yeah, so you need to know you need to figure out how your taxes affect you because what I'm talking about right now is just on the federal level different taxes, different states tax different things. So like Texas has no state income tax where Pennsylvania has a 6% income tax. So that changes things as well.
1: And now I know there's a lot of authors who not only do they write as, you know, as a source of income, but the majority of professional authors work another job because they have to due to some of the fees that you're associated with or not netting, you know, $100,000 deals every year consistently. Uh, But you were talking about before the show that you've heard of uh, stories of writers who find themselves in financial troubles, even though they're netting a good source of income because they're not managing it correctly.
0: Right. And that's just one of those things where you you have to be very careful with the money that's coming in. You know, Um, another big thing is learning how to um, build a corporation. If you're going to try to build money as a writer, you should incorporate as a person. Um, most, of the, most of the time, that is through what's called an LLC, uh, Limited Liability Corporation. Um, basically, what that gives you is the corporate veil. And that's a very important term. If you've never heard it, what that means is if you get sued as a corporation, they cannot pierce through the veil and take your private assets. If you're just working as like a proprietorship, they can seize your home, they can seize your car, whatever. But if you set up a shell corporation through an LLC, uh, they you, you have that corporate veil, so they can only seize the LLC's assets and not your assets. So that's that's a big portion of doing anything. So if you're making a dime from being an author, I would highly suggest incorporating in some kind of limited liability. If it's an LLC, uh, an S Corp uh, is a a good thing, but that generally helps if you're just a, uh, if you have multiple people involved. But as an individual writer, an LLC is something you should do. And in most states, that ends up being like a, $500 Five hundred to a thousand dollar fee depending on the state to incorporate as an LLC. Okay guys, you gotta talk a little bit. I can't talk at the screen for an hour.
1: Yeah, no, no. you're just so educated about the subject, you know, I just don't want to stop you anytime soon.
0: Well, yeah, but I need a direction.
1: So what is the first what is the first thing that you want to look for as, as a writer? Let's say you you've talked to a publisher that you're trying to negotiate contracts. So you have a book, you have a finished product. It's ready to go. It's generated interest to the point where people are approaching you. Do you establish yourself as an LLC where you start looking into these protections prior to signing your first contract? Or is it something as you become established and start generating the income that you want to start worrying about? Uh, Do you mean, need to make these deals with being an LLC in mind initially? Or is it something that you would find yourself in later as you've started to generate revenue? You,
0: sh- I mean, especially if you're going to go to a publisher, you should have some kind of business development involved. Just, I mean, if nothing else, just to be uh, just just keep the expenses separate. Um, there's something every bank knows about. If you were to walk into the lobby, say, "I need to file what's called a DBA, Doing Business As," you can file that with your bank, so people can write you a check to maybe just not you personally, but to maybe a business account or just. Something with a different name so you can track those expenses. Tracking expenses is absolutely key to running a small business. So say, you know, if, if I were going to do it, I'd be like, Jacob X LLC doing business ads. So people can write me a check. I can cash at my bank and they go, oh, this, this, this check with this weird you know, whatever, literally your DBA could be X, Y, Z, one two seven twelve, 12. And that would work as long as it's unique and it would, would tie to your account, you know? Uh, but you should do that before you should have something set up before you go to a publisher because all those tax taxable things, if they're not set up are hard to retroactively, retroactively have happen once you start getting money so you need to have that account everything set up which is relatively cheap to do less than a thousand dollars uh before you really start getting money
1: now is this something that you have to um like so there's authors out there who are looking to become authors and looking to set this up is this something that costs money to set all these things up ahead of time is something you need to that everyone should just go and do, or what at what point would you want to go through the efforts of pulling this kind of a trigger?
0: Um, I mean, a DBA, which i I mean, for the most part at a bank, that's nothing. I mean, it's just maybe a hundred dollars. I mean, I, I know some big banks don't even charge anything to set up a DBA. Uh that that's a good thing just to track the expenses. But if you're legitimately trying to make money, you should protect yourself before you start legitimately legitimately trying to make money.
1: Well, I know it's different from – if a company takes on an LLC, so that way if they have like kind of a risky business model at the start with their investors, that they aren't attacked personally with their own personal investments. That the business itself is what they're investing and not the person behind it. Now, as an author – I don't, I haven't heard a whole lot of stories of someone writing something that, you know, graphically assaulted the minds of a kid so they got sued. Like, what, what kind of liabilities are we talking about with, you know, being an author to where the LLC protects you in that sense? Well,
0: but where, where the LLC is really going to protect you is if you don't deliver. You know, that, <laughs> I mean, look, there's a lot of fucks out there who are going to screw up, right? So uh, if you, the LLC will prevent you from being sued from your publishing company. You as you as a person, they're going to take every dime the company has, which you know a lot of people are stupid and will put put up their house or other things as part of the LLC. But you shouldn't. You should protect Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is so you're that- saying you- the corporate veil is very important. <laughs>
1: absolutely i'm just trying yeah as far as how it applies to writing i'm trying to think yeah obviously you put your house like no this book is gonna sell i swear like my house and my mortgage they're on the line right here like it's gonna sell just give me your right but, but
0: it's one of those maybe you know you have a short story and the publisher's like look we want a novel and you're like oh yeah i can fucking totes do do a novel and you can't
1: and they pay you up front they, and now you owe the money because you're not delivering on your end of the contract. Right,
0: right. So the corporate veil helps protect you from from getting your house seized or other assets seized as long as it's not a part of the company. And, and especially being a, a quote unquote business, you can get business level insurance, which helps protect against other things as well.
1: These are things I, I definitely haven't considered, you know, as far as writing. My writing is not like it'd be great to, you know, write money and provide an income for from just writing. But my initial inspiration behind writing was just I wanted to create a story and have people get excited about it and then be able to talk with them about it. And then like, you know, that's the fun behind the writing part of it. Right. Not just the business aspect. But these are, you know, these are things I've never really thought about. It's like, well, I could get myself into trouble if I even if I'm not going for profit, get yourself in trouble if you sign a deal that you're not aware of.
0: Right, and that's—I mean—that's one of those things where you've got to be really careful. Uh, there's a great documentary. It's on Netflix. It's a part of ESPN. It's uh, their thirty for thirty, thirty for thirty series. It's called Broke. It's all about how athletes lose all their money. And oh, that's
1: a subject all the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it happens a lot.
0: You should. I mean, it's a great documentary, regardless. But I mean, part of it is about. They they just don't handle their taxes well because he, the thing is is you don't just pay taxes in the United States. Uh, if you go, you know, say say you get popular, right? You get you get a a London Comic Con invite. You know this is great. I get to go to London for free. All this other stuff, but what happens is. You have to pay taxes on those flights. You have to pay taxes on those hotel rooms. Anything you sell in London, you have to pay taxes in the UK and the US for. Uh, There's there's so many things that a lot of people don't consider when, when it comes to paying taxes. Anywhere you do business, you owe them money. You go to Japan and sell a like four dollars like four bucks you fucking owe them money
2: and i know the u.s is usually considered one of the more harsh countries when it comes to taxes where if you can pay double taxes they're going to make you pay double taxes
1: yeah if you live in the kansas side and then you work on the missouri side let's say you live on a borderline between two states you'll pay state taxes for both not only for the company yeah. for the business you worked at you'll pay state taxes and then for your kansas income you'll pay state taxes and you'll pay federal so it depends on the state borderline but yeah it, you can definitely get double taxed and they have no and problem anything, with that in the states oh yeah and anything you
2: do with foreign is just gonna kill you
1: yeah foreign's a whole separate subject there's right. some countries and, uh, that when you go over there you end up owing money from what you got paid because you didn't see all of it up front
0: well and and Here's another disclaimer. This is U.S. taxes. If you're in another country, don't
2: bother listening to this episode. But if you're paying, and, if you're paying other countries' taxes, and you're from the U.S., you probably got to pay U.S. taxes too. Don't think just because you paid taxes somewhere else means you're not paying the government money here.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, right. And the, I mean, there the the U.S. tax law is insane. Uh, I'm I'm going to tell you this. So like I was telling you, I, I did taxes um, for a company and the last year I was there because we had, we had a CPA go over all our taxes and you know, I prepared everything. It was literally hundreds of pages of documents. So like, here you go. Like a couple weeks later, he comes back and he says, and I, I quote, I think this is right. And I said, "You think this is right?" He's like, "As best I can tell from the new rules, this is right." It's like you're, we're paying you two hundred fifty dollars an hour, and the best you can do is, I think. And he said, "Yeah," and he, and what he said is, "If you can find another accountant who can do better, uh, I'll They're refund lying. you."
2: <laughs> uh, it's all about liability.
0: And, but uh, that, that's that's the thing, especially the experience especially in the United States our tax law is so fucked that no one knows exactly what is correct
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you have people who specialize in this who read it back and forth but since there's always changes going on by the time you get a, like a pretty good firm grasp on it there's enough changes to where oh well that doesn't apply anymore which makes this not apply which makes that not apply and then suddenly you know, everything's all convoluted and topsy-turvy all the right.
0: way so we, we, we've talked about some of the well the terrible shit about being a writer and again <laughs> if you haven't listened to the episode from uh, with uh, TJ from Jollyfish listen to that the Then listen to this episode and you'll never want to write another fucking word in your life I swear <laughs> But uh,
1: not only could you go broke and not be able to make a living, you might get sued too. (laughs) It's like, Oh, what kind of message are we trying to tell here?
0: But there are some (laughs) positives to to creating this LLC. So you've, you've built this uh, corporation, you know, Jacob Inc or whatever you want to call it. Um, If you are, If you are legitimately trying to make money, there are a lot of um, avenues for tax deductions available to you. So say you're legitimately trying to make money as a writer, doesn't have to be full-time, but legitimately trying to make money, and you're writing a story about Japan. You can go to Japan and write that off on your taxes.
1: Yeah, tracking things that are business expenses is the best part about being part of like a, a small business ha, has all sorts of exemptions in the first place. If you, anything you do, if you track it, and you track what you pay for. There's all sorts of exemptions for a small business to get your money back from what you've spent. Right. Just because you, America, more than any to. country, encourages you know small business growth. And do there's all sorts of. You have to,
0: to
2: be thing. an LLC for that.
0: You do not have to. You, you do not have to. Um,
1: it sure helps. <laughs> it, it
0: helps. It does help a lot. Um, one thing you keep, I mean, if you decide to be, to make money from something, you are a proprietorship. Period. Like, like the, um, like the government's like, oh, you're trying to make money, you're a proprietorship, period. That's just how it works. Period. Uh, so, the, the, uh, there's all these Skype messages, and they're distracting me.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, um, one of the things I saw, it's a small sidetrack, but um, Walmart was recently planning on basically subcontracting their own employees to deliver products on their way home. Right. And one of the issues was thats is that they're now using their car as a – vehicle for business which is going to cause a lot of problems and unless you're writing your car off as a business expense then they're going now, to start going you, after you you
0: expressly this is this is a good thing so say you're an author and you drive to a con that's a thousand it doesn't matter how far it is away but this is a part of your business there is a standard tax rate for depreciation on a vehicle. Last time I looked it was about 54 cents a mile.
1: Also the gas that you use for that trip is also tax deductible. Well, no, no. no.
0: Actually no.
1: Either, they don't overlap.
0: Either you you do your expenses or you take the depreciation. You you Got can't it. Yeah, it's sort of like itemization or Just like standard deduction. Generally, I always did better doing the mileage. But so, you know, if you were to drive a thousand miles each way for a con and you're going there as an author trying to make money, you can depreciate, you can write off 54 cents ish a mile both ways. Which ends up being that's a thousand dollars right there, roughly.
1: That works out pretty well,
0: (laughs) right? So, but it's one of those things where if you're going to be doing this for a living, uh, you need to track everything like every seat, everything like you do, you need to track. You, you went out with,
1: to this business conference. You did this flight. You stayed at this hotel. You bought this meal. You ended up back here. The Whole trip cost you this much. It's all business expense because it's part of you promoting whatever product or service you're at, uh, offering.
0: Right, and even if yeah. you don't, even if you sell zero, zero dollars worth, you don't move a single fucking book. As long it was as
1: still for the business, it's <laughs>
0: as long as you are legitimately trying to do it. It's a business expense.
2: It, don't it, put alcohol in there
0: no 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 alcohol <laughs> Yeah,
1: you can actually that's fine really? yes, yeah absolutely yes.
2: that's most when i was doing that's a
1: business coordinate. by business basis and if you're the business then oh. yeah you can kind of make that okay oh, yeah because yeah.
2: when i used to do financial coordinating for a company i had to take off well people had to bring me separated receipts with the alcohol not on it
0: that's a company <laughs> thing
1: Okay. That's like it's
0: based per company. Yep. So, so here's a fun story. I have a friend. Um, he he works in sales, <laughs> and he had a vice president who was fired for expensing too many lap dances. Not for expensing lap dances, <laughs> for expensing too many lap dances. Because
2: it was beyond the expected business. Exactly. You know. But you I mean, your... but
0: I mean, that is that we is the thing. We all got a few like,
2: lap dances, but ten of them.
0: <laughs> Look, I mean if if you were like writing a book and a lap dancer twelve got you a book deal, that's tax deductible.
1: And it's also beautiful. I just want to point that out too.
0: <laughs> that too. <laughs> 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 I mean that is <laughs> so uh,
1: that's I mean, a story that'll keep on gotta... So you can put that in your next book or you know, you know, whatever self-project onto your character, however you want to pull it off.
2: We always mention George R. R. Martin, but if he didn't have experience, then he couldn't write half of the things he wrote.
0: Exactly. Um, another big thing to track is um, time, because you might be able to charge that. That gets a little different. Uh, one of the other really, really big deductions is um, the home office. Grant, home office is the um, is one is a big red flag for uh, audits but it's one of the biggest deductions you can take because what happens is say you have at home a home office what you get to do is you get to deduct the uh, the square footage of your home office for all your expenses for the home. So say your home office is 10% of your house. You get to deduct 10% of your mortgage, 10% actually all of your internet, all of your cell phone, 10% of your water, gas, everything else is a huge, That's incredible. Yeah. it's it's one reason it's probably the, big, so your
1: living expenses can basically become tax deductible. Cause your business is done out of your home. is like the yeah, big takeaway yeah, from much. this. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, I mean, it's, But it is a big red flag. Like it's one of those things where I could probably actually, because I do consult on the side from my day job, but I don't actually take the home office because it's just not worth the, the headache.
1: But if you were a full-time author who's living off of the books you're writing, then absolutely. Oh, If yeah. you're generating enough revenue and you you work out of home, yeah. perfect. no, perfect. You are saving thousands and thousands of dollars per year. When I, when I was working work for my
0: consulting company, I wrote off 100% of my cell phone and internet because I <laughs> work from home. And I was living at the time I was living in a small apartment in my my home office, which I did have set up as, you know, its own individual space was about 20 percent of my apartment. So 20 percent of my electric, 20 percent of my gas, 20 percent of my rent, all of that was deducted from my taxes.
1: So, if you're in a one studio apartment, is it 100% because you work out of the only room you own?
0: No, it has to be. <laughs> uh, just it has just to be. Actually, that's a good question. But it has to be where you actually conduct business. So, if you only have like a desk and that's where you conduct business and you don't have like a separate area, it's only that desk that is deductible.
1: Reading between the lines. Yeah, I guess they're going to gouge you for as much money as they can get.
2: <laughs> well, or stop you from abusing the money they're trying to get out of you in the first place. Right.
0: Well, and the thing <laughs> is, is, you know, anything for that home office is deductible against the business. So say you buy a brand new computer that that's going for the business. That's deductible.
2: I'm still mad I didn't take my Ireland trip and keep a higher documentation of myths that I looked at and then write the whole thing off.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you could actually research, probably right? write the yeah, whole Take thing a vacation off. for research.
2: I mean, the, the trilogy I've written is highly Irish mythology based and yeah, that would have made more sense.
1: I never did hear about what happened with that trilogy. I know you brought it up several times, but did you it's, get that published? Like, is it self-published? No, like, is it no. readable? Like what's, what's going on with that?
2: It's, oh yeah. It's, in word format. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so do you all know the difference between credits and debits when it comes to taxes?
1: Credits and debits? No. I don't I know. say With taxes, I don't. I know with accounting, I know how to keep track of them.
0: But Okay. So there are tax deductions and tax credits. I mean, this is more of a general knowledge thing, but most thing. Most that people miss. So deductions are above the line. So say you make easy hundred thousand dollars, right? Deductions go against that taxable income. So say you you deduct twenty thousand dollars, your taxable income goes from a hundred thousand dollars to eighty thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm in the military, so I work with that a lot. So, you know, I have my fix, or I have my set income, and I have things that are deductions, so they're not actually taxable, even though I, I still get more money in my bank account due to them. Not all that's taxable, right? Such as well, things that allow for housing, like the apartment I stay in,
0: right? And for a lot of people, it's like uh, your 401k, it might be taken out of your tax your paycheck, but that's not taxable, so it's a deduction. So. But credits are, they're, they're what's considered below the line. So, say you have a thousand dollar tax bill at the end of the year and you have a $500 credit, your tax bill is now $500. So, tax credits are much more important or much bigger deals than tax deductions, even though most people will never qualify for an actual credit.
1: Because deductions just means it's not factored into the amount that you're paying, but credits actually work against the amount that you have to pay. Is the difference correct? And and the small businesses get all sorts of like that's another advantage. Claiming you you get all sorts of small uh, tax credits that work. You know, for well, you and and your the pay other for the you not other thing
0: is um, you can go you can go negative against the government. So say uh, you owe $1,000, but have a $2,000 tax credit, the government like will a pay thousand you
1: $1,000. Yep. It's always a good thing when you overpay or, you know, with businesses, well, no. with businesses end up overpaying and having credit at the end of the year, then they end up making money.
0: Right. It's another reason why I like uh, the child tax credit, because it's so big is abused as much as it is, is because, you know, you can you can get so much back. So for every child, you might be able to get like an extra four or five thousand back a year, even though you owe nothing.
1: Okay. Yeah, see, so end
0: up <laughs> it is gonna end up being a tax episode. But y'all also understand how the uh,
2: <laughs> taxes are important.
0: Taxes are important, and, and they they end up you know determining how much you pay. So when it comes to uh, taxes. You all do understand, you all know about the stair-step system we have in the U.S., right?
1: Uh, as far as, you know, what bracket you fall into for how many tax, how much tax you pay?
0: Well, no, oh, yes, but what happens is, so it's like, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but it's like zero to 10,000 is a certain percentage, 10,000 to something is a certain percentage, so on and so forth. Well, the U.S., what happens is you only pay... So for that, for you you pay in the bracket. So say you make eighty thousand, and you're in the twenty eight percent bracket, you don't necessarily pay twenty eight percent. You pay, you know, the first ten thousand you pay five percent. The next, so forth, you pay twelve yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So you, you, act- you
1: pay different percentages based off of. Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. It's a tiered system and you pay per tier. It's basically, we're going into calculus here, but yeah, so, you're paying larger fractions based on how you
0: wh- on. Here, here, Here's <laughs> the best example. So say, say the 25% tax bracket starts at $80,000 and you make eight thousand and one dollars Only $1 of your income is taxed at
1: 25%. Yep. Yep.
0: So, and most people don't realize that most people, they just follow their W2 and move on, whatever. But it's something when, when you're bringing in a adi- additional income, it's something to really look at because you know, that, that additional income essentially gets taxed at that upper rate because you're already, so say, say I were to publish a novel I'm making fifty thousand dollars, and I republish novel make thirty thousand dollars. That thirty thousand is going to get taxed above my income, unless we can do deductions.
1: <laughs> it's something. Well, yeah. It, it, there's also situations where, it, and the whole reason for that system is that there's people who will make a certain amount of money and they're right on the cusp of reaching the next tax bracket. It's, you know, let's say it's fifty they're making fifty-nine thousand seven hundred dollars and they get a raise for a thousand dollars. Then in getting that raise, if they were getting to get into a higher tax bracket and you just do a flat tax, then making, you know. 60,000 and change they end up getting taxed an additional 5%. Now they owe more money. So their raise caused them to lose money in the long run, which is why they have the tiered system.
0: Right, right, exactly. Uh um, it's
1: you know, you don't want to discourage people from like, "Oh, can you can you not quite pay me that much because then I'm going to end up losing money because you're paying me too much." You know, you don't want to fall into that scenario.
0: Right. Yeah, the the tiered system does work well for that. So, you know, if you get a raise and you Moving up into a new tax bracket isn't terrible, in general.
1: This really is become a tax discussion I mean, entirely. I mean, that's,
0: that's, <laughs> I mean, that's essentially yeah. what it is. But besides getting sued, taxes are the most important thing.
1: And that's, it's, it's knowing how to file everything correctly. Like the important thing is, is that, yeah, you, you're a small business and you need to know how to file things correctly, know how to get your money back that you don't necessarily owe because you are a small business.
2: And, and this that's is probably the most
1: imp- important
0: thing I can tell you, because, <laughs> look, we all have that friend and I've been that friend at times who'd be like, hey, look, uh-huh. I can help you with ta- your taxes. And granted, my friend just had a W-2 and some mileage to the doc. So it wasn't a big deal, but don't go find the best person you can find. Cause it, cause I have gotten on the wrong side of the eight ball with the IRS before because of a bad accountant. Like he literally did not file my own nine taxes. And like in 2013, they sent somebody to my house to collect and I was no. like,
1: oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> never act- I didn't think they still sent collectors. But I guess and and I was happen. just
0: like, I have no idea what's going on. Like,
1: you don't get phone calls from the
2: IRS telling you that they've issued arrest warrants. No, no, nope, no. They, they, they were just like,
0: hey, you owe this money. And I'm like, really?
2: Yeah, that's the big scam in my area right now.
0: Yeah, no, no. The what?
2: IRS. They don't. They don't do that. The,
0: the, <laughs> the good thing about the IRS is they do document what they're doing. But, you know like get the best you can afford. Don't go cheap. Especially because once you start doing all these extra deductions, everything else, don't go to H&R Block. Don't do TurboTax. Go get a fucking professional.
1: I wonder how many people have been on the cusp of being a professional writer, but they feel like, oh, you know, this isn't netting me as much income as it as it could. So I have to work this other job. Or if they are aware of the things of the different kinds of money you could save, because you could easily save ten or fifteen thousand a year. Let's say you're making around fifty thousand, sixty thousand off of a book, you could easily save a lot if you were to, you know, file as you know, being a business and get all those uh, credits credited back to your account as a small business. you do, where work, you could sustain yourself as an author. At, you just have to do it right.
0: At sixty k. You could literally pay zero income tax. You still have to pay like, you know, Medicare, Social Security, that kind of stuff cuz you could not get away from that stuff unless you have credits.
1: But if you're someone who works a job that makes you know like 30 to 40 a year and you write and your writing does that and it puts you into making 100,000 a year, but you're not doing your tax deductions, right? You're not going to see a huge increase in pay for the work that you put right, forth right, that exactly. you could be seeing if you were doing it correctly.
0: Right. So, you know, so- pay <laughs> Because most most accounts will char- they charge by the hour, but for most small businesses, they only charge two or three hours. So you know it's worth it to pay that seven hundred fifty to a thousand dollars a year to an, to a very good accountant. And I cannot stress this enough because I've dealt with it personally. Read the reviews. Talk to them. Know like <laughs> find. Find the it's like best a, one you can find and go to them. It's a It's like finding someone money. who's
1: trying to sell your house. You know, you want to find the right realtor. It's the same thing. You want to go talk it's to them, see what their plan is for that, selling though. your
0: house. Like, he's like, find <laughs> well, yeah, the best one. it's also one. a lot
1: faster, too. Yeah. yeah just, but both of them can cost can cost you or get you several thousand dollars in either direction, depending on what their skill is. So, yeah,
0: right. absolutely.
1: Finding someone who mm-hmm. actually is invested in what what you're doing you know it's absolutely important and as
0: soon as you start trying to make money from writing track everything track your expenses track everything you're doing to make sure that you don't miss anything because one missed receipt can be the difference between a good a good clean tax tax return and an audit
1: uh-huh. <laughs> well i guess in a, in 200 or so more pages i'll start setting up an llc <laughs>
0: Colin, you've been off the quiet.
1: We're talking about taxes.
2: <laughs> I know. I just don't. I don't know. This. Is, this is just like listening to a nightmare constantly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I told. Like when we had TJ from Jellyfish, I'm like, man, you sound like writing is just the worst thing in the fucking world. It, <laughs> and
1: it, I, I don't think, we're not even promoting writing as being a difficult thing. We're literally talking about yeah. taxes. Yeah,
2: but small <laughs> so business really is a bad thing.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's it's something that the majority of people never have to deal with because they're working for large companies who have all this stuff set up, you know.
2: True.
0: I mean, there there are no like how many allowances like that W four you do when you start a job. That's that's not a thing when you're self employed. I mean, if you're a contractor, you're paid on ten ninety nine instead of W two. I mean, they're they're the majority of people have never experienced anything besides quote unquote normal taxes, just being a W two employee. And once you move away from that, it it's a whole different ball game. Like I used to send the IRS $2,000 every three months. And I was yeah. making 40 grand a year, two grand just every, every three months.
2: Basically, if you're going to be a writer, be prepared to send the IRS money every three months.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Unless <laughs> you're a curly you early, bitch.
0: Unless you can That's prove rough. your your expenses outweigh your gain, right?
2: Why should a Why do your expenses need to outweigh your gain before you're not paying the IRS money?
1: Because if you're actually if you owe them for not making anything, then they're not going to charge you anything. If you're like, listen, you're you're charging me three thousand. I only made like two thousand dollars. I don't know what you want well, from well, me. actually well but they're, they're, me they're from actually charging you. Colin, for not being this good is enough. a
0: good point. So say, so say as your business as a writer, you incur minus five thousand. Right. So your expenses are five thousand over your income. Right. That goes against your taxes, and you can you can write a portion of those taxes off for the next three years, I think. So even if you so say so so say year one you lose ten thousand, but year two you make five thousand, you can write the expenses from year one off on year two and make zero dollars as as far as the IRS is concerned. I mean, this Isn't is very that
1: Donald Trump's life story.
2: Yes, pretty much.
1: <laughs> Yeah, where you can go into debt and then make money off of your debt because you end up making money in year five. Yeah, that makes I, sense.
2: Yeah, aren't you writing off other people's debt so that you're always making a profit but not making anything? Well,
0: well, it also depends.
2: But, but here's tax brackets are malleable.
0: Tax brackets are <laughs> highly malleable, but also like <laughs> things like a depreciation. So you can, so say you buy a, you buy a piece of equipment, right? Ten thousand dollars for. Something I don't know, a printer, whatever. We're writers. I don't know. What it costs ten thousand dollars, but ten thousand dollars. So in in year one, you spend ten thousand dollars. So that goes against your taxes, right? But that that piece of equipment will depreciate over time. So say it's like five percent a year. So every year for twenty years, you get to take five hundred dollars off your taxes as that as that piece of equipment
1: depreciates.
0: And this is why you need a fucking good tax attorney. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is something that, yeah, like, if a, like you know, when you're talking about depreciating expenses, like short of your car, there's not a whole lot of expenses you have that are going to have, you know, depreciation value. You, the you could of do it with your laptop. Like as a writer, at least. Yeah, you know,
0: your laptop, your chair, yeah. your desk.
1: Yeah. Hey, my laptop's going out of date. I need like a new 1070M. All right. So my slap that in there, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> you could. I mean, you literally yeah. could. I mean, that's the crazy part about it is you could literally write this shit off and then depreciate over time.
1: And that's how you can make a a living off of writing without making a whole lot of money is that, well, if you don't pay taxes because everything's deductible, then, you know, small business wins.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or, you know, like, so when we were setting up our consulting firm, you could depreciate 100% of the asset in year one. So we end up losing like – Because we had to set up the business, the print, you know, we had to buy a lot of equipment. We ended up losing like, quote, on paper, losing like $80,000. We were able to carry that loss over like the next three years. Even though we didn't really lose the money, but we did lose the money according to the IRS.
1: See now we're getting into accounting where you have assets versus you know but equity. Yeah, we're getting into an accounting discussion at this point. It's so. all accounting.
0: It's all taxes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. This is something that
0: <laughs> most people who write are like, yeah, I want to make a shit ton of money. Well, this is stuff you got to consider. Right?
1: Yeah, if you're so yeah, the difference between net or you uh, take home or else, let's say you make sixty thousand dollars, but you only take home thirty because you don't do your paperwork right or you make $60,000 and you take home 55 because you know, what's tax deductible, you know where you're getting your credits and you know how to run a small business. That's a big difference between whether or not you can sustain yourself off of writing or not sustain yourself. Off of writing. Exactly. Especially in other countries that have a cheaper cost of living. Uh, I was just, right. I was in researching other a lot. Countries are to, completely
0: yeah. different. Like this is just a U.S. specific dis- discussion. Because every country is very different. How they treat income from other countries is very different. Yep. So yeah, if you're not in the U.S., just anywhere, anywhere you are, please look up your local
1: tax because just you, research. Yeah, just do your research of wherever you live. State because how state taxes you, you can do
0: it. how your state taxes end up changed depending. Yeah, it's it's a whole mess. I mean, it's just it's a clusterfuck. I mean, I'm
1: surprised. So we've made this is the we're at the 52 minute mark. where at least we're approaching that now. I'm surprised we haven't brought up since Alex isn't here. Something I was expecting a Wheel of Time reference where we're not dogging on it the whole time because no. she's not here. <laughs> I was That's like the one Alex thing I was looking to forward to.
2: Well, she's not here,
0: so I can't make that. Reference.
2: She always stabs people. The reference doesn't need to have her here or not. She That's true, but people.
0: yeah. So, well. <laughs> She she asked me a question about finding a job and stuff and she threw out some numbers. I was like She got a job. To by do the what way, you want to do, yeah. you, you need to Twitter. make 60 a She does have a new adult job,
1: yeah.
2: It'll
0: I don't, weird. I'm
1: I don't not know what her, her job is, kind of but she did have one. I at least know that.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it's re- read up. Look, we're writers, we like to research. This is important. Because if you do this wrong, you're fucked. This will put you behind the eight ball for years. I mean, if you're not careful with how you do your taxes, you're behind the IRS. You're behind the IRS for a decade or more.
1: And this is something that it really could – you could be on the cusp of – like if you're a writer who has books that get published and start selling, you could be on the cusp of can I sustain myself off of writing or do I need to do writing at another job? And the difference could be just based on how you do your paperwork, yeah, which takes like maybe a week. We're talking a week out of the year of talking or, to someone, getting all your someone stuff someone 500 all together.
0: bucks, you know. Yeah,
1: and then they take care of it for you and then suddenly you you net an extra – you know. 20 or 30% off of your yearly income because you did your paperwork right. And that's a huge deal is do you want to be a professional writer where the only thing you do is write, Or do you want to work a side job? That's a big deal to a writer, especially mm-hmm. with a lot of people who are aspiring to be writers as a sole career, which is, I well, think the dream.
0: Obviously. And the thing <laughs> is, is like, if, if you are 100% solely a writer, there are so many deductions you can take off. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is going to sound ludicrous, but just talking to someone on the street and buying them a meal, that's a tax deduction. I mean.
1: True story. <laughs> like, it really like, is. Like yep.
0: Colin was saying, like, if you're a writer and you are, you know, and it, this is when it helps to have the LLC and
1: everything else. You're a charity case. Don't
0: you <laughs> Right. So, but you go to Ireland for research, that's 100% tax deductible.
2: He said, "Go to Ireland for research."
1: Right. Listen, discovering but, new but scotches to learn about their people—that's research. Right? That is
2: right. But
0: even though you stay with your family, you're mean with family. That's a tax deduction. <laughs> and, and, yeah, well, and he, here's a, here's another thing. Uh, the IRS al- allows for one fully expense company retreat a year so if you have an llc you can literally as long as you have a board who can be anybody uh so say your girlfriend or your wife or your best friend you can go to vegas gamble your ass off and write all of that off Uh, on your taxes like it is insane what is a tax deduction what isn't
1: (laughs) But it's all about knowing your rights in the first place. Exactly. You just like have if you know how to go about it and you know what it says, like what the letter of the law says, and you consult with someone for a very minimal amount of time, you can go and do that. You can say, okay. you know what? What's up? The, big,
2: the biggest part of it, as far as Jacob's explained this to me before, is just keep the record of it.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Keep, yeah, it's, keep, record just keep, keep the, the record of everything. Keep the record of it. If you use a credit card for everything, your company – or sorry, the company that you use your credit card through keeps track of everything. They itemize everything for you, and then you can use that itemization for an itemized deduction later on.
0: 100%, yeah, Just
1: absolutely. Just keep track of you know whatever you buy things on. Keep everything on a card, and you can call it your business card. It makes everything tracking-wise easier because you can track everything on that single card put everything in towards a deduction later on say, this is the company I use for my in quotes business card. It could just be whatever card you're using to generate miles with, but you can use that as your business card, put every expense that you put on that card and say, this is what I use for my small business, whether it be a laptop or a vacation, I mean, or I met this person and filled up my car with this. Yeah.
0: When I was paying the server costs for this network, I was deducting those from my taxes because yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Cause we were, I mean, we're, we're making money now from this podcast network. So I and mean, we're legitimately trying to do it. It's
1: you're paying an expense.
2: You're
0: paying an expense. Yeah. It's
1: just you're paying expense for an income. It's still a small business. It absolutely is. You have a logo and a label and everything. And as long as you do your paperwork, right, you can end up, you know, making money rather than just losing money. Cause you didn't do your paperwork correctly. Yep. Exactly. So
0: yeah. Um, I mean, I'm about done. We're about the hour mark. So I think we should start wrapping this up.
2: We made it here.
1: 57 minutes. Yeah, we're there. We're definitely at the end. Seeing the entire conversation. So if you have any questions, <laughs> we talked about taxes the whole time.
0: It's all They're about taxes, important.
1: man. They are. They
2: are absolutely important. because <laughs> not just Well, not just what you're paying, but how to... So how to pay
0: how he, So yeah. here, there's a great documentary on Netflix called Silicon Cowboys. It's all about compact computer, but you know, back in the '90s, early 2000s, and my dad was an ex- a, an exec there, and we were talking one day, and he was like, "Do you know how we picked where we d- you decided to build a plant?" And I was like, "How?" I was like, "Taxes." Then we consider taxes, and then we consider taxes, and whoever had the cheapest taxes <laughs> is where we built our new plant. And so, I mean, ta- it, they can ruin or make your life, just simple enough.
2: If there's only one thing you take away from this episode, it's that being a writer means more than you think. <laughs> exactly. And if
1: you want to be profitable, just pay attention, and you can. Learn. <laughs>
2: Learn how to abuse the tax brackets that everyone else does. Uh, so uh,
0: <laughs> you can find us at brokenjars.xyz, Patreon.com forward slash broken jars. Uh, we're on Reddit, broken jars pod. I think we're on Twitter. Uh, just, yeah, just hit us up on broken jars, uh, broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com. If you want to email us. Uh, well,
1: before we start plugging everything, I, I just want to point out. So, you know, in case people want to tune it out, Uh, So you said you want to mention what the next episode was going to be about. This is something we want to start incorporating. I think this would be a great time to do this. So what is the next episode about? What's Um. the topic?
2: Hopefully, we'll see with director Alex. But I'm hoping that we'll talk about manga. We'll talk about anime. We'll talk about the medium of those two. How it comes down to writing, the different structures that you use, character building, plot development, whatnot. There's a lot to talk about. There really we, is. We
0: can Get life. all into it. All right, so I can
2: be excited <laughs> for some things. Oh
0: uh, well, if you give me if you give me an anime to watch, I'll tr- I'll do my best to watch as much as I can between uh, now and the next um,
2: episode. Attack on Titans good. That's what I'm watching is right that on now. Crunch. Well,
1: we could. So we could. The first season so is on
2: Netflix. Okay. The second is. season is on Crunchyroll, and I'm not 100 percent sure on what the hell Crunchyroll is yet. I'm watching the second season for free. I thought it was to pay for, but I'm all I did was you get two
1: weeks for free. So you okay. get,
2: but uh, I didn't even create an account. It's just letting me watch things. I don't get it.
1: You get advertisements?
2: No. Well, oh, wow. It, it tries to show me advertisements and glitches out because ad block. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the idea um, behind it, sure, yeah. is like you know.
2: Full Metal Alchemist is on. Well, it's one now. Give me one. I'll do my best okay, to watch okay. it. Watch hey, the first wait, season yeah. of Attack on Titan. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's, it's a drama. It's a drama that has action elements. Well, I, I know
0: what Attack on Titan is. I, I, I know of it. I just have never Giant watched it. Giant people
1: eat
2: other people.
0: Right.
1: It would be me. worth talking about because it is something that is extremely popular in anime right now. And we can talk about popular stuff versus not popular stuff and why certain things work within the medium. So I think it would be a good thing and if you do I'm research actually on it. try to, It's worth watching.
0: Because Ryan <laughs> knows his anime. I'm going to try to bring him on as well. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So hit us up on email, Twitter patreon if you want to give us your hard-earned money which we really appreciate especially because of this newly found here, which is making this audio sound amazing Hopefully. but yeah so hit us up <laughs> uh bye guys
1: goodbye hey take care
2: thanks for joining us